This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. Um, I heard a story one time about this, this young man, he had a fiance and, uh, and they were, they were traveling down the road and they were laughing and just enjoying each other's company. And, uh, uh, unbeknownst to him, this big truck pulled out in front of him. You didn't think about big trucks. They don't move that fast. He was going pretty fast. This big truck pulled out in front of him. And, and by the time he looked up in order to miss the truck, he had to hit the ditch. So this young man rolls over in the ditch and, and to- tears the car up. And he, when he finally comes to himself, he checked himself. He was okay, but he looked over his fiance. She was bleeding and it seemed like she was going in and out of consciousness. He, he, he was, he was upset and he didn't know what, what to do with her. So he gets out of the car and he goes around to her side. He takes her out, lays her on the ground and he runs up the ditch and he sees just on the other side of the highway. He's a, he see a sign that says, uh, Dr. Jones internal medicine. So he runs back down the hill. He scoops up his fiance. He picks her up. He carries her across the highway. He carries her to the office. He knocks on the door of this what seemed like this business. Knocks on the door. A man, older gentleman comes to the door. He opens the door and he said, how may I help you, son? And he says, listen, uh, I, I see your sign outside. You Are you Dr. Jones? He said, yes, I am. He said, my, my, my fiance, we were just in, a, in an accident and she's going in and out of consciousness. I need you to help her. The, the old man looked at him and, and said to him, said, young man, uh, I've got some bad news. I don't practice medicine any longer. I, I no longer practice medicine. I, I don't have any equipment here at the house. I don't, I haven't practiced medicine for several years now. There, there's no way that I can help. This man looked, this young boy looked at this old man like many people look at the church today. He said, listen, if you're no longer practicing medicine, then take the sign down. Because the sign says that you should be able to help me. The sign says that you should be able to help me when I'm hurting. Glory to God. I came to you because of the sign. The sign said that that there's something that you should be offering during this time. Many people have been hurt by the world. We've been hurt by sin and, and sin has drugged many of us through the, through the dirt. And some of us, we come to church and, and only to find that the church is worse off than the world. Glory to God. And and I, I, I've got to say that if a church isn't helping hurting people, then we need to take the sign down. We need to take the sign down. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to take, if we're not helping hurting people, then we got to take the sign down. I I, want to, I want to go back and I want to give, I want to give just, just some small didactical teaching on the foundation of the church and, and what was happening during the early church. So, so whenever you're studying scripture, always study the law of first mention. When something was first mentioned in scripture, go back and study where the, where it's first mentioned and see how God designed for that thing to 
to work. And so, so I, I looked at verse number 42, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it's amazing how, how the, the church started to grow. And if the church is growing, if, if, if this particular church in scripture grew by 300 souls in that particular day, then our churches ought to be growing. It seemed like if we're doing what they did then, that we ought to get the results that they got. Amen. Glory to God. Listen, don't, don't, don't expect to get the results that I'm getting if you're not doing what I did to get those results. Amen. Glory to God. You, you can't, you can't just wake up one morning and have all the muscles that, that you feel like you need. Glory to God. Now you can drink as many potions and many elixirs as you want, but there's, there's no substitute for getting in the gym, doing some weightlifting. Amen. Glory to God. Now you can, let me leave that alone. Okay. I'm leave that alone. All, all this stuff that they, that they're trying to teach you how to, how to get rid of fat quick and they teach you how to slim up quick and all this, man, you better be careful. You need to go for a jog. Hallelujah, somebody. Then stop drinking all this stuff. Hallelujah. Stop taking all this stuff. Stop injecting all this stuff. You need a brisk walk. Don't be scared of your neighbor. Tell them you need a brisk walk. Just tell them. Don't be scared. You need to go for a walk. Come on. I see y'all looking at me like that. I don't care. We all could use a brisk walk. We all have had to go to that next, that next hole on our belt. This side of here got real quiet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so listen, so if, if the church is growing, if this church is growing, then, then we, then, then, then we, we, we have to, it, it, it bears, it, it, it seems wise if we just look, look and see what was happening to cause this church to grow. There are four things that we notice here in verse number 42, Acts chapter two, verse 42. There are four things we notice. Number one, we notice that these are some of the activities that should be in the church. One, teaching biblical doctrine. Two, providing a place of fellowship for the believer. Three, observation or observing the Lord's Supper. And four, prayer. These are four things that we know at least were happening in the in the church in the book of Acts. Four things that were te- biblical doctrine was being taught, providing a place of fellowship for the believer, obser- observation of the Lord's Supper, and prayer. There's at least four things that we see that was happening there along with the Holy Spirit being there. Glory to God. Now, let's talk about teaching biblical doctrine. Uh, part of the responsibility of the church is to ensure that you guys have biblical doctrine. What I, I love to learn and I especially love to learn about God. I love to learn about scripture. I love to learn about the things of God. Now, um, doctrine, doctrine is scriptural teaching of theological truth. Scriptural teaching of theological truth. So we're teaching doctrine, theology. Theos means God. Ology means the study of a particular subject. So theology is the study of God. So when we come into church, you should be learning more more about God than you are about stuff in the world. Hallelujah. There should, you should, you should come here and, and every Sunday and every Wednesday, you ought to learn a little bit more about the character and the personality of God. Unfortunately, many churches have kind of strayed away from doctrinal teaching about God. And now, now preachers stand in the pulpit and they teach their own agendas. 
that they teach things that that's befitting for them or what they feel like should be taught. But we, we see here in the book of Acts that they, they stayed fast with the apostles doctrine, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. They even went into Christology or the study of Jesus Christ or pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. Many of us, when we come to church, one of the reasons, one of the things going to set church on purpose apart from a lot of other churches is that we're going to stick to the apostles doctrine. We're going to learn about God. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about the Holy Ghost. So when you guys come, you can start seeing God and seeing Jesus and seeing the Holy Spirit as he manifests in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Now watch this. Theology is simply digging into God's word and determining or discovering what God has revealed to us about himself. That's all theology is. It's looking in God's word and digging in and discovering what God has revealed to us about himself. Now we can share this book. You can share this book for the rest of your life and you'll never, you'll never fully understand who God is. You never fully understand who God is. That's why we have to search and we have to pull out the things that God has revealed to us about himself. Because the ultimate goal is for us to start looking more and more like God every day. Some of y'all look more like God now than you ever have in your whole entire life. Watch this. You forgive like God. Hallelujah. You're starting to love like God. Glory to God. You're start, you're starting to walk like God. You're starting to have the integrity of God. You know why? Because you're learning more and more about the character of God every day. And you learn that from coming to church because that should be a huge element of you coming to church is learning about God. When you go to, I, you know, it, it's sad to say, but, but in, in many cases, a lot of churches have stopped preaching about God. They start preaching about Jesus. Start preaching about the Holy Spirit. And you know what happens? We know what happens. It goes against what the scripture teaches us. The one thing that's supposed to be in the church. Or one of the, at least one of the four things that should be in the church. That is teaching biblical doctrine. Why should we teach biblical doctrine? Ephesians 4.14 tells us why we should teach biblical doctrine. It says that we should no longer be children. That means biblical doctrine calls you to grow up. That should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried away by every wind of doctrine. You know why we teach biblical doctrine? Because there are satanic doctrine on the loose. There's doctrine that's on the loose. Watch this. Now your kids will come in contact with it before you will. Glory to God. There's satanic. Matter of fact, there's a doctrine on the loose right now that says there's no hell. And that there's no heaven. Oh, it's loose. It's all over the internet. That there's a, there's a satanic doctrine out right now that says tithing went away with the old church. There's a satanic doctrine. Those, those doctrines are loose. Matter of fact, there's a doctrine that's loose right now that says that heaven, that hell and, 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 and heaven is on earth and it's what you make of it. There's a doctrine that's loose. And guess what? If you don't have biblical doctrine, you'll start to fall and you'll start to believe the lie. There's a doctrine that's loose that says, if you like it, I love it. If it feels good, do it. There's a doctrine loose that says, you know what? Girls can like girls and that's okay. That That's okay. And that's, listen, that's all right. You know what? I, I support y'all. Got kind of quiet in here. 
according to biblical doctrine, God calls us in. Now watch this. I'm not just beating up on them because there's a doctrine that says, listen, have sex with her before you marry her. Try it before you buy it. There's a doctrine loose that says it's okay to live together for a while before you get married. I guess I'm going to have to do a whole other teaching on sin. The redeemed of the Lord should be saying so. But, that, but that's the doctrine. That's on the, and if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll start liking stuff that God hates. Y'all might as well say amen to me. I'm not going anywhere. This is what the church is for. We'll start liking stuff. You start liking posts and liking pictures. And God is saying, why, 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 are, why are you liking that? Making them think that that's okay. Why, 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 why are you in agreement with that sin? Why are you endorsing that sin? That's why biblical doctrine has to be taught. Because if, if not, then now the whole, the whole, even the church is going to be cast away. Even the church is going to miss the mark. Now listen, y- y'all can do what you want to do. When the rapture happens, your boy getting out of here. Y'all stay if y'all want to. Y'all can sit around and just compromise on this and compromise on that. Listen, if it's sin, if God said it's sin, I'm going to call it sin, baby. There's so many people going to be left behind when the rapture happens because we're compromising. We're saying, well, it seemed like, it seemed like the world is in agreement with us, so I might as well. No, don't you do that. Don't you do that. Don't you just go along just to get along. Listen, I'm going to tell y'all something. Jesus soon to return. Y'all better hear me. I believe I'm going to see it in my lifetime. Glory to God. I'm going to be like Superman. Dun, 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 dun. I'm getting out of here, man. This world a mess. This world a mess. Y'all better hear what I'm telling you. This world is a mess. You mean to tell me you can shut down the whole government? But wait a minute. But wait a minute. Jesus said to those that believe that the government is on. Y'all better hear what I'm telling you. That the government is on my shoulders, what God is saying. So listen, if you work for the government, just continue to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And the government shall be upon my shoulders. Jesus says soon to return. Y'all, we got to get this stuff right. We got to stop playing with sin. We got to stop pacifying. Listen, if you're single, you better stop having sex. And if you're married, you better stop stepping outside of your marriage. I got about 80 claps. I'll take them. The Bible says, let him who stole, steal. No more. We got to stop doing this stuff. We got to get back. Because watch this, watch this. Because because God is going to send people from the streets to the church. And if what's going on in the streets is happening in the church, then they just might as well go back to the streets. God's looking for a church that he can raise up. 
because the power should be in the house of God. There was so much power in the house of God doing Acts chapter 2 that the Bible says many signs and wonders was happening. Because it was a church that was focused. They were teaching the apostles doctrine. They were teaching the doctrine of God. You know what that does? It causes us to know him. Philippians 3, I like the way Paul said it. Paul said that I might know him. Glory to God. Glory to God. So when you come to church, there should be such teaching about God that you feel like you know him. That, that I may know him in the power. Look at what he says. In the power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his suffering. Being conformed to his death. Paul said that the teaching of the apostles doctrine. Or the teaching of the doctrine of God. Is so that you can get to know him better. When I first. I, I, I got hired on at a, at a medical center um, many years ago now. And when I first got there, I was hired on. And uh, when I first when I first went in and they hired me, I started asking questions immediately. As a matter of fact, during even the interview process, I was asking questions. I said, "Okay, so tell me about the benefits. Tell me, tell me about tell me about sick leave." Do y'all have dental and do you have vision? Do you have medical benefits? What about, what about weekends and holidays? Tell me about your weekend schedule, your holiday schedule. Tell me about the supervisors. Tell me about the CEO. Tell me about the management team. Tell, tell me what happens if, if my wife gets sick and I need to take some time off. How do I do that? I was asking questions. You know why? Because I wanted to know the characteristic of the place that I was going to be working at. Glory to God. Many people come to church. We're trying to work for a God that we don't even know. It's difficult to work and serve a God that you don't even know. And many, many churches are not doing a great job teaching you how to see God in the earth realm. Our responsibility is to teach you how to see God in a plain sight who's invisible. It's to make visible an invisible God in the earth. That's our job. So we've got to get to know him. We've got to learn more about God. The church was designed by God beginning in Acts. The church was designed so that people could come together and learn more about God. Learn more about him. Paul said, I count all things as lost for the excellency of the knowledge. Oh, look at that word knowledge. He said, he said, listen, nothing else means a thing. I just want to know him. I just want to know him. Glory to God. I want to, you know what? That's going to make your conversation with God a whole lot better in heaven when you're already knowing. You don't have to talk to him as a stranger. You can talk to him as a friend. Our mindset need to be that none of this stuff matters. We just want to know him. Glory to God. I just want to know him. Anybody feel like me? I just want to know him. Glory to God. I I, I love all y'all. I really do. I love all y'all. I appreciate y'all. Y'all, some of you, it's been fun having a relationship and being being uh, connected to you. But guess what? I want to know him. I want to know who God is. I want to know Jesus. I just want to know. You know why? Because I believe I'm becoming more like him. Y'all hearing what I'm telling you? Let me say that on this side. I believe I'm becoming more like him. Now I'll never be God. I'll never be Jesus. That's not, that's not, that's not the point I'm making. I'm saying is that, is that, is that my, my behavior is changing to be more pleasing to Him. 
Can I say it like that? My behavior is changing to be more pleasing to him. Let me say it like this. Some of you will get it if I say it like this. If I say it like this, y'all will get it. The things I used to do. Oh, y'all got it now. I don't do anymore. The places I used to go. I, the things I used to say. Oh, y'all better help me today. Glory to God. The teaching of biblical doctrine. The, the, one of the purpose, the reason why God created the church is so that people can come together and they can teach and we can learn about each other. Number two, providing a place for believers to fellowship. Fellowship, the Greek word koinonia, means a mutually beneficial relationship between Christians enabled by God's grace. The relationship that you have with another Christian is different than the relationship that you have in the streets. Because this relationship that you have with other believers, it is empowered by the grace of God. It is empowered by God's grace. Here's what God said. God said that where any two of you come together in my name, that's going to be a blessing. Did you know that in order to, in order to have a successful church, all you really need is two people? Where any two or three of you come together. Touching and agreeing in my name. Come on, brother. You with that suit. Come here. You. Yeah, you. Come on here. No, no, no. Right beside you. Yeah, big guy. Yeah, you come up here. Come here. Yeah, you. Now listen. Here's what God said. If I'm a Christian and he's a Christian, if we come together, God said he's going to be right here in the midst of us. And there's a blessing that's going to happen as a result of us coming together in Jesus name. Now, if God will bless two people coming together in his name, how much more will he bless 300 people coming together in his name? God bless you. So when you come it may see that that's why that's why when you that's why some of you can't wait to get to church. You know, when you get to church, there's a few people that you can't wait to hug. Oh, Lord Jesus. You I mean, they just they just make your day. Now, they talking about the mother. I'm talking about that one when you get to church and you hug them and you like, man, boy, what's up, man? Boy's good. You just saw them two days ago. But you, you, you hug them like men, like you hadn't seen them in a long time and you just love to see them smile. How many of y'all got somebody like that already? You finally got somebody like, look at all these hands go. You know, when you get to church, you just, and when they, when they miss church, you feel kind of, feel kind of funny. Because, because God has graced those relationships. You know, I, I had some buddies in the streets and, and it was, it's nothing like the friends I have in the church. That there's, there's something else that happens when I hug one of my homeboys in the church. Man, what's up, boy? What's up? Boy, I got you. Man, what you need? I, I want to help, I want to help the friend. I'm not going, I'm not going to call Rodney's his name. <laughs> had a chance to go help him the other day. You know, he kind of had a little injury on his job. He's doing real good now, but I had a chance to go help him. And you know what? I felt good about it. Felt good about it. He ain't paid me yet, but <laughs> no, you know, he owe me a thing. He owe me a thing. But what I'm saying is, I felt I, I was more empowered. I was, I felt so much better after I left his presence 
than I did just staying at home doing nothing. I was empowered. I was strengthened. Because there is there's something that happens when Christians come together to help each other. You know, no money involved, no funny business involved. There's just a grace that happens. And so God brought you with a, a group of believers so you can connect with some people so you can have that grace. Some of you have people now that you can tell all your business. And you don't have to worry about them telling you. You don't have to worry about it going anywhere. Oh, ain't that a good feeling? You can talk about your, the person you, you, you know, living with. I, I probably need to qualify that. The person you married to. Yeah. It always get quiet when I talk about that. I didn't do a poll. <laughs> Let me start seeing some certificates of marriage around here. <laughs> I always get quiet when I talk about that. <laughs> Listen, you better go get you a little old one-bedroom studio and stay in the will of God. Well, it's 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 cheaper if we just if we just share an apartment right now. It's just it's just cheaper. It's just no, you just don't trust God and you freaky. No, we got to deal with this sin stuff. I'm, I'm talking about from the pulpit to the front door. We got to deal with it. We got to deal. We got to talk about it. Because, because listen, listen, if God's going to send the end time harvest, if he's going to send people to the church, when people come in, they ought to see something different. They ought to see a brand new standard. God said, we there's a standard that should be lifted up in the church. Then we ought to be holding fast to that standard. When people come in, man, they ought to see something different. They ought to say something different about those people. Those people don't gossip. Those people, they don't talk about each other. Whenever there's a need, man, people going out of their way trying to help each other. I've never seen anything like that before. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that happen. You know why? Because there's a blessing that happens when two believers come together. There's a blessing. There's a blessing that happens when two believers come together. Glory to God. Providing that place. Uh, Pro- Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his brother or of his friend. So, so if one knife is dull, it's still a knife. The problem is, it's not as sharp as the other knife. But you take those two knives and, and you start to rub them together. What happens is one knife starts to sharpen the other one. Well, the knife that's not sharp becomes dull. It may even be a little rusty. But when you start to, when you start to sharpen it, the knife that used to be dull starts to shine again. And that's what God is saying to us. That when, when you are amongst believers, you ought to notice the knives that are in the room that have gotten a little dull. Send them a text message. Hey man, how, how things going? How, how, sister, my, my sister, how, how things going? I just been kind of noticing you, 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 you know, is everything okay? Can I, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? You know what you're doing? You're sharpening them. 
You're sharp. Listen, I can't let you lay in that drawer because there's work for you to do. Glory to God. I can't just let you lay in there, you know, because because the word of God is sharp and it's quick and it's powerful. Sharpen it to it. So, so you know what we got to do? We, You know what? When Every time you rub up against a, a, a person in the, in the Lord, you know what you're doing? You're sharpening them. They're getting sharper as a result of being. You ought to have people in your life that make you sharper. You know, people in your life that makes you sharper. People that, people that almost, they, they, they almost, they almost, you, you love them, but they almost intimidate you just a little bit. If you're the smartest person in your group, you in the wrong group. Now watch this. It's okay if you stay in that group for them, but you can't stay in that group for yourself. Acts chapter 2 verse 44 says like this. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. All things in common. So believers who come together are people who have things in common. So the church provides a place for people who have all things in common to be able to come together. We all have a common faith, a common belief in God, a common belief in Jesus. We all have a common belief in the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the doctrine of God in theology. We all have a common belief. So when we come together, we get a chance to share in that common belief. That's what the church is for. For us to come together to be able to share. Hebrews 10.25 says like this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. God said don't take this, don't take this meeting for granted. Your blessing may be in this room. Glory to God. Look at your name and say be careful how you treat me. I may just have your next blessing. Come on tell him. Better be careful how you treat me. Some of y'all scared. Y'all scared. Look at look at them and tell them, be careful how you treat me. Be careful how you handle me. Hallelujah. You don't know. You don't know who has your next blessing. That's why you have to be careful how you treat everybody. Because you don't know where your next blessing is coming from. And who it's going to come through. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God don't drop down manna from heaven not like he did in the old days. Now God blesses people so that people can be a blessing to you. Glory to God. I, I hear this in the spirit. I hear this in the spirit. I hear this in the spirit. I need you to say this. And, and y'all, I, I say something. I, I have you saying things because we live in a voice activated kingdom. And sometimes you need to hear yourself saying what, what God is saying to us. Say, listen, just, just hear me out. I need you to say this to somebody. Say this to them. Say, even if I'm mad at you, if God tells me to bless you, I'm still going to do it. Hallelujah. Oh, that's good right there. That's good right there. Even if I'm mad at you, if God tells me to bless you, I'm still going to do it. See, now you're looking more like Christ now. You're looking more like God. Now, when you say things like they look more like God, you know why? Because when God was mad at you, he didn't stop blessing you. Glory to God. Oh, he loved you through your mess. He, oh, glory to God. Is that about a hundred of y'all can say God loved me through my mess? Oh, I was tore up from the flow up. Anybody is like me that was just tore up and God just loves you through your mess. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
And just like God loved us, we ought to love one another. That's what he said. Love one another. The way I've loved you, you love one another. Glory to God. Hallelujah. A place for believers to fellowship. Number three, observing the Lord's Supper. Remembering the death of Christ. Number one, the teaching of biblical doctrine. We find this uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. The teaching of biblical doctrine. Providing a place for believers to, to fellowship. Number three, observation of the Lord's Supper. We do that every first, every first Sunday. Remembering the Lord's death. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Part, one of the responsibilities of the church is to keep you cognizant that you're, that, that your salvation costs somebody something. I need to talk to parents. You, you, you ever bought your kids some shoes and they say, these my shoes? You buy them shoes and you buy them clothes and you paying for that room that they sleeping in. Matter of fact, you bought that bed. You bought the sheets. I heard somebody say it way in the back. I bought the sheets too, pastor. (laughs) You bought the comforter. You pay for the water, the washing. You pay for the spread. What else you pay for? The light? Headboard? Look, oh, let me stop because some of y'all are get mad all over again. Some of y'all, some of y'all finna get mad. Y'all get mad. I see y'all getting worked up already. But you pay for that room and they have the nerve to tell you to get out of their room. Get out of your room. And don't let them don't pay their phone bill. You bought the phone. You bought that little stinking case that they was all on their head over. You paid a monthly bill. And they have the nerve to tell you, what you want my phone for? I'm sorry, teenagers. I'm sorry. Y'all come back on the fourth Sunday. I'll help y'all out. <laughs> But what they, what happened was, Big Mama said it like this, they forgot what side they bread was buttered on. Y'all come on. In other words, you, you, you act like you got all this stuff for free. You don't realize that I'm the one paid the price. For, for that phone, I bought that phone. Those shoes, I bought those shoes. That, that, that bed you're slipping, I bought that bed. You've forgotten who paid the price. For all of this stuff. Guess what? We do the same thing. We act like we saved ourselves. Glory to God. See, sometimes, sometimes we become so saved we forget where we came from. Listen, I just. See, I, I had to help y'all. Y- y'all, y'all pray for me. I, I had to help people because because church on purpose is a teaching church. So I want y'all. So I, I have to do this. Listen, watch this. Watch this. Look at your neighbor with a straight face. Look at him with a straight face. And ask them, Have you ever been to a club and danced? Oh Lord. Oh Lord. 
Somebody start doing the dance they were doing in the club. <laughs> Tell the other lady, don't feel bad. Me too. Tell them. Y'all got kind of quiet. See y'all bougie. I can tell. But, but what I'm saying is, you didn't come out because you wanted to come out. You came out because God. Y'all better, see, you thought it was you. See, see, you thought you got sense all by yourself. No, you still a little crazy. church right now. See, you thought it was Big Mama. You know who it was? It was God. It was God pulling you. You didn't save yourself. You didn't stop drinking yourself. You didn't stop smoking by yourself. You had some help. You used to love Hennessy and Ciroc and Kavas. Yeah, y'all know who those. You used to love that stuff. You used to love Black and Mild and Swisher Sweets. You used to love that stuff. But you know why you don't use it now? Because God pulled you out of that mess, baby. You, you didn't do that by yourself, honey. You didn't do that by yourself. You didn't do that. And sometimes we forget that it was God. That nobody did this but God. And so the reason for the church is the church has to remind you that you were not so holy. You were not so good. Even on your this day, your righteousness is like filthy rags before God. And so the church is designed to bring you back down to earth, sugar. That little money you got. You didn't do that. Glory to God. Y'all looking good. That little makeup. Without God. You wouldn't have that little makeup. That little house you got. A 14 bedroom house, that little old bit of shack. When you get to heaven. You didn't do that. By yourself. So the church is designed to deflate our egos. To remind us that we didn't get here. By ourselves. Either you humble yourself or God's going to do it for you. Let me say it like that. That's why in all things we are to give thanks. Listen, when teenagers, when you, when you pour that bowl of cornflakes or frosted flakes, don't you eat it until you say, Lord, woo, thank you. I don't, I don't know what kind y'all eat. When you cook that patch of ramen noodles, and you break them up in that hot water. And you chip up that, that weenie. <laughs> they don't do that no more. <laughs> they still do that. <laughs> and you put that chicken flavor or that shrimp flavor in there. You thank God 
That's all I'm saying. Thank God. That, that's why, that's why we observe the Lord's Supper. To remind us that we didn't get here by ourselves. That everything we have was bought and paid for by somebody else. I wish I, I feel like Joel Osteen up here. Was paid for by somebody. That's what, that's what the observance of the Lord's Supper, the, it reminds us all the time. That's one of the reasons for the church. And we get to the last one. I'm almost done. The, the, the fourth one and last one is prayer. Everybody shout prayer. Teaching biblical doctrine, providing a place for believers to fellowship, observation of the Lord's Supper. And the last one is prayer. Church is to be a place that promotes prayer, teaches prayer, and practices prayer. Church is supposed to be a place where you can come and receive prayer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The church ought to be one place where you can come and you ought to see prayer. Thank God that every Monday night uh, we, we pray on the prayer line. Those of you who have not connected to the prayer line, I do encourage you to connect because we pray together as a body. We pray together as a church every Monday night. We come together. There was a time we were coming together in, in, the, in the facility to pray. And so now until we get our new facility, we're going to we're praying online or we're praying together because that, I can't hear all of your prayer requests in here at the same time. So we get on the phone line on Monday night and we let you call in your prayer requests and we write those things down so we know how to pray for you throughout the week and we're hearing and we're seeing testimonies after testimonies of people being delivered and set free as a result of the church coming together to pray let me say this people not praying in the club and until somebody starts shooting and it may be a little praying going on there <laughs> yeah y'all y'all know what i'm talking about Matthew 21, 13, and I'm closing. It says, and he says, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. The church should be a place where prayer is happening. People are praying for you. You know what? I, I like it sometimes when I, when I walk around, I see maybe a, a few people circled up and I see people praying for one another. This is the place where you can come. Listen, if we're not helping hurting people, might as well take the sign down. If we're not helping the hurting... Prayer is a part of what the church is designed to do, to teach people to pray, to promote prayer and for us to intercede for you, to pray for you. Acts chapter 12, and this is my final scripture, Acts chapter 12, verse 5 and 7. I, 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 I just, I love the whole book, but I just really love this scripture. Acts chapter 12, verse 5 and 7 says, Peter was therefore kept in prison. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The church was praying. Peter was in prison. The church started praying. The people, it wasn't the building. It was the people started praying. Started praying for Peter. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two, two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. And a light shone in the prison. 
And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, rise quickly. And I like that last part. And his chains fell off. You know what prayer does? Causes chains to fall off. Isn't that beautiful? When the church come together and pray. When you connect with the church, that should be a praying church. That'll be some prayers. When you go to a church, one of the questions you should ask, just like I asked when I was hired at that job, you should ask the church, what days do y'all pray together? Well, what days do y'all come together? And pray? When do y'all have the prayer service? Because according to the book of Acts, if my chains are going to fall off, I need to go to a church that can pray my chains off. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's okay to clap. That's a good place to clap. Prayer. Fairly important. We're just looking back at the foundation of the church. I told y'all last week why we're here, why we exist. To break the tradition of men. To restore obedience to God's commands. And lastly, to see men and women set free from the inside. That's why we exist. That's why we're here.